0: My name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for uh, late late June. It might even be early July when you're listening. In which case, happy birthday, America. As I said, my name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Dirt Showdown.
1: Hi, I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Mass Effect 3.
2: Hello, I am Seth Berkowitz, and my game of the week is not. Russian Attack.
1: That <laughs> that's, a, a, that's one of the hardest arcade games
2: I can ever not I don't think I ever got past the first level on Russian it's Attack.
1: so ridiculous.
0: I don't even know what that is. What is that?
2: The NES. Little, NES. Guy with, yeah. little guy with
0: a knife uh, uh, running to the right. Well, there's his problem. He needs a gun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, three games of the week are not our games of the week, but one of them I predict we will be speaking about. Mm. yeah uh seth you've been on before so uh as much as i would love to pick your brain about what films you're restoring these days (laughs) this unfortunately is not the movie podcast yes uh but i will say uh just just everyone listening just go do something for a second i just want to ask seth real quick uh what movies have you seen lately
2: uh i saw prometheus which is the the worst movie that i couldn't stop thinking about for a week afterwards why were, you, why were you thinking about it uh just sort of a fascinating failure i'd, I'd say you know
0: what seth, <laughs> my, my advice to you seth
2: it's over let it go i did it's out of my system and okay. it feels great to be gone uh, uh so wh- so many so many creatures why so
0: many creatures what i don't remember saying well, let's see there was a yeah I've, I've so let go of it that i couldn't oh yeah there's yeah. The one at the end yeah. and then there's the ones and the yeah okay there were creatures right oh yeah, yeah the snake yeah all right
2: all right I, I was never bored. I mean, I I, I saw it in 3D IMAX, and uh, it was engaging visually, but yeah.
0: yeah. Engaging visually is like telling a girl that she's got a nice personality. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then uh, on video, I
2: think last night I watched uh, Cedar Rapids, which made me feel much better. I enjoyed that. Oh, wait, why do I know what that is? What is that? Uh, Ed Helms, uh, John C. Riley. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I was a little surprised at where that went. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Did you like it?
1: You know what? Wow, I have that was that was good. What was good? <laughs> Cedar Rapids. It was it was all right.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, it wasn't what you would expect. And I have my issue with Cedar Rapids. I've got this weird, and it only developed recently. This weird, uh, and I don't deny there's a sexual element to it. Uh, fascination with Anne Heche, mm. and they definitely played on that in Cedar mm-hmm. Rapids. Uh, mm-hmm. So. You should watch both of your- watch what bowfinger you know what i i'm not here's the weird thing about master not like young sexy anne hache
1: like well she wasn't character. in it then i mean it, it was just kind of a movie uh, that's a
0: slam on anne hache oh, oh yeah. okay well in that case i wouldn't take
1: kindly to that uh, it was heather graham playing her though so you know.
2: is that who she was based on anne hache yeah in bowfinger yeah interesting <laughs> Uh but, but uh with regards to Cedar Rapids, I feel like that in a worse movie the John C. Riley character would have been the outright at, the uh outright adversary for the whole film. Right. But I love the way they handled that that yep. character.
0: Yep. So Yeah, so you know what, McMaster Seth and I both recommend uh Cedar Rapids. There you go.
2: Well,
1: yeah, I really it, like uh John C. Riley.
2: So. Yeah, it's light, uh semi touching fun in a way. But
1: Oh look, uh, Stephen Root's in there too. I'm very fond of Stephen Rue. Uh,
0: McMaster, if you like John C. Riley, uh, there's a Roman Polanski movie called uh, oh, Carnage. Is that right? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, Carnage. Oh. I see it in the IMDb here. Yeah.
0: Okay, it's, a, it's, a, it's an adaptation of a stage play. And when I tend to hear that, I just sort of I tar- start to take a nap. Uh, but, but it's a great, uh, it's a really cool movie. And it's a really, really cool John C. Riley performance. Uh, he gets to do things he doesn't normally do. Uh,
1: yeah, he's a he's a pretty good uh, he's a pretty good actor.
2: Really so, good.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Tom, did so, you read the the, the film uh, film crit Hulk piece on on Lindelof and his uh, his obsession with uh, the sort of uh, I want answers you can't have answers uh, storylines?
0: You know, if there's what I don't even care enough about Lindelof to want to read about him. I mean, that's yeah. how much I'm over Prometheus. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> nice. Uh, but the thing is, like I do, I can't help but hearing things like that. Lindelof has uh, been brought in to script Doctor World War Z, and there's some other project that he's uh, he's been stinking up lately. What, I forget what else. There's some other movie that I was looking forward to until I heard that he was working on it. Um, so no, I didn't. What was this uh, film critic Hulk thing? Uh, I'm familiar with the concept, but what was the thing specifically about Lindelof? Uh,
2: just about that. That's his fixation is, uh, characters wanting answers and then being denied them. And it just sort of goes nowhere. I mean, he, he, he goes in depth. Uh, it's worth checking out. I think it's over at badass digest, uh, that piece.
0: All right. Well, uh, when I, uh, maybe I'll, maybe my cat and I will look into that. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of a loving dissection.
2: He longs for Lindelof to sort of come to the light and get past, uh, some of the things that seem to to haunt his writing and drag it down.
0: It sounds like he actually likes Lindelof and cares about it. I just think the guy's done nothing that I care about and I just have just I don't <laughs> I'm done with him. I'm breaking up with him and I don't I don't want to see him anymore. I think we should I make a clean break.
2: You. I can't blame you. <laughs>
0: uh all right so let's get if you were listening to that pretend we didn't do that and let's mm-hmm. talk about video games. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we are going to do a little News of the Week and Games of the Week this week. Uh, McMaster, why don't you start us off by telling us what your News of the Week is for late June, early July.
1: Well, I hope I'm not terribly scooping someone, but this seemed this hit my uh, radar pretty hard today. It was Val's announcement of the Source Filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys uh, see that? Uh, oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. exciting news. Um they, uh, the tools that they've used to create all of their, um, like videos, say, like Left 4 Dead, uh, all the meet the whatevers for, uh, uh, Team Fortress 2, which they released a new one today, uh, for the Pyro, which is pretty funny. And, um, they're releasing the tool for free to, uh, the public to, uh, use. It's their big thing that happened today.
0: Now, do we know, I know that none of us here, although I don't know, maybe you're into this, Seth. I was going to say, I know that none of us here is like a machinima creator. We don't routinely make movies. Yeah, so do do we know what can folks do with this that they couldn't do with, say, Gary's Mod or various other things that let people make little Source Engine movies? Um,
1: I'll be completely honest. I can't answer that correctly because I, I I haven't been invited to the beta yet uh you know it's it's a lot of stuff though um it, it supposedly will do stuff like motion capture you can do sound editing you can do 2d clip editing it has a keyframer, which is obvious from the uh from the showcase uh and there's actually a video that describes it on the uh, on the
0: site um So I guess there's a lot to be said for the fact that Valve is making this specifically for people to use rather than someone having to mod the source engine and sort of come at it from that direction.
1: Right, and one thing, too, uh, is that it uses all the in-game resources from the Valve games that you can edit uh, and the source games you can edit. So you have access to just about anything in Left 4 Dead or Team Fortress or uh, Half-Life. What about Portal? Yes, and I imagine portal as well, <laughs> okay uh hold on, I'm sure there's some more uh <laughs> the no, uh, yeah, the original vampire game that was a source engine game. or vampire <laughs> yeah, never mind okay so yeah what, uh,
0: you- uh, what about dear Esther? Don't forget that one. Nice. Uh,
1: how could I? Um, and, uh, there's actually, I guess I could start naming all the IGF games that were made in the Source engine. I mean, okay, well, maybe not. But the idea is, uh, yeah, that they've released this tool for people to make their own machinima or whatever with uh, the Half-Life uh, and Valve um, set pieces. So Very hopefully nice. we'll see Here, something cool come from it.
2: Here's my question. Can I make an indie uh, hit family drama Uh, a la uh, Little Miss Sunshine without leaving my house. You know, it depends
1: on your casting choices, mm-hmm. I think. Would probably if if you're okay with little Miss Sunshine being played by someone from Left for Dead uh or something like that because there's not really a lot of kids in games, then uh yeah, you'll uh yeah. I, I assume I,
2: you can, I assume you can add your own audio though, right? I mean, that's how, oh, yeah, how yeah. it works. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can
1: add, yeah, uh, you can probably add clips too. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure exactly what you can import with it. Like mm-hmm. I, said, I don't know a ton about it at the moment, but um it uh you know, it, it does have all sorts of craziness going for it. So, uh, I've, I've, I'm I've
2: got so. a I've got a lot of screenplay ideas, but I don't really like to leave the house. Is my problem? Yeah, yeah.
0: That's, the whole, that's, that's whole working with other people thing—you can it's be so
2: difficult handle. that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that, that's George Lucas's thing, right? That, that's. <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he always wanted—is to to make movies without ever having to interact with people.
0: If only he had waited for this uh, source. What is it called, McMaster?
1: uh it is called the source
0: filmmaker source fil- oh well that's on the nose I, okay <laughs> uh all right so there's that did you guys see the pyro short yes i did not ah seth you missed it well, we don't want to spoil it for you but it's funny
2: i do it not is, play is. team fortress 2 and have no attachment to those characters uh would, would i still enjoy it
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, really, okay. honestly, the meet the characters is just kind of an introduction to the characters themselves. It doesn't really uh, – you don't have to have a lot of attachment to them. Yeah,
0: um, okay. And having those characters, though, like, don't you pick those up through kind of cultural osmosis? Like, even if you mm-hmm. don't play Team Fortress 2, doesn't everybody, for instance, know I who know medics is? and spies and the heavies. See, there you go. go. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you've got the vocabulary to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I actually, so they, they, they did their Meet the Pyro uh, movie, which which was really cute. I, I quite liked it. I, you know, I, I love that Valve takes a game, which really requires no character creation. Or, you know, you don't have to write characters for Team Fortress 2, and they do it anyway. They've done the same thing with Left for Dead. Uh, I just love what those guys do with writing. Um, but so I was looking at uh, the Pyro thing as part of their... Updates for the Pyro, I think. Like, there's a new game mode, uh, there are new weapons and stuff. And good lord, I haven't set foot in Team Fortress 2 in, I don't know, years. But I was looking over some of the stuff that they're adding to the game with this update. And it occurred to me, I can only imagine what it must be like to go back into Team Fortress 2. Because right huh. now, you, there's so much, like, like it's twiddling so and tweaking and little uh, achievements and stuff. Like, there are weapons now that you pick uh it, it reminds me of like buying gear in a game like league of legends for instance they have a pistol that you pick that gives you extra health but you fire you you shoot yeah. more slowly and you take more damage from fire you know like that's the kind of choice you're having to make with your gun uh there, there's a rifle that that uh doubles your chance for a critical hit for three seconds after you get a kill However, you don't get regular critical hits, and it also fires more slowly. Like, those are the kind of little nuts and bolts decisions that you make. It used to be you jump in there, and you're just one of the classes, and that's it. Uh, and they've just, you know, yeah, they've changed it a lot.
1: Um, when they started doing achievements in the games, uh, one of the big things they started doing, like, equipment unlocks as well, um, as well as being able to just find equipment through drops. Uh, there's, like, a formula they run for the amount of time online, Um and your percentage chance to get a drop from that um it's kind of interesting i have a I have a bunch of t f two stuff, but I'm sure I'm pretty much not in the uh higher echelons uh at one point when I was playing a lot, I had reached about fifty to sixty percent of the achievements, but they keep adding them mm. so I'm way down again uh, yeah, that was around the time they added all the engineer achievements.
0: Well, in the free to play bit too, I can't imagine but help. Like I'm so I, I immediately get turned off when I hear that something's free to play. Like I know they've done this thing where you find drops and you have to buy keys to unlock some of them. Isn't that right, Mcmaster? Like,
1: yeah, yeah, which is uh, I thought kind of weird. I'm, I, I've never bought a key. I think a friend of mine did. So I don't know what he found. But...
0: Uh, well, that would that would just drive me batty. This whole uh, like free to play nag thing. Uh, but I, I don't know. You know, I, I was reading over it, and I was part of me was thinking, yeah, you know, that looks cool. I, I I like picking gear, but then I realized I'd be playing against people who probably had all kinds of great gear and had these optimized builds. And uh, I think I'll stick with oh, Max Three. You know,
1: honestly, it's not really like that very much. Uh, like a lot of the equipment is, it's really cool, but it also has such caveats. You know that, like for instance, as a, as the uh, demo man, you can have a sword and shield uh and charge people uh highlander style mm-hmm. and uh behead them and um it, but it replaces your you know your regular weapons to an extent so you're running around with a sword and a shield sometimes that's not exactly the handiest weapon to have
0: mcmaster i'll play i tell you what i'll play if there are hats in the game are there hats No, they're no hat. Oh darn! All right, well Uh, then, yeah.
2: (laughs) Tommy mentioned Max Payne Three. Is the multiplayer still having
0: legs for you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing McMaster might be talking about that soon. hmm. Is that that your game of the week, McMaster? Are you gonna? uh, Oh, it's not. Oh well, how about that? Yeah, it still has legs for me. I can. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Talk about it. laughs> well, you, you've you played more recently than me, but it, it still has legs in that I, I very much want to play, even if I haven't lately. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. for me, legs isn't necessarily whether or not I'm going to play something, but, but whether or not I wish that I was playing it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I really still like what, what they did with the multiplayer there. Yeah. Uh, well, And I was going to say, so let me segue then into my news of the week, because mm-hmm. my news of the week is about a game that I did not play exactly because of Max Payne 3. So Max Payne 3 came out at the same time as another shooter uh, that I was really looking forward to and that I that I have here and that I booted up and played a few missions of. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I can't wait to spend more time with it. And then I promptly went and instead played Max Payne 3, for the multiplayer. Uh, so my news is that there is a PC version of Ghost Recon Future Soldier. Uh, that's not really newsworthy in and of itself. What's newsworthy is that on the feature list... Uh, that they that they gave us when they were sending out press releases, there were things about the you know the, the unique aspects of the PC version, uh, and it tended to be a lot of things about I don't know you know shaders and DX11 and uh, all that stuff that basically right. just comes down to hey it looks great, uh, but at the very bottom of the feature list, and this is my news of the week, uh, is um, this feature, and I don't know how they get away with including this as a quote unquote feature. Uh, Upcoming patch for Windows XP support. Woo! Wh- which, I don't, I, now I have six computers in my house, uh, f- actually more than six if you count laptops, but of the six computers that I use for, for gaming with a LAN, I think, yeah, all but one of them are still running Windows XP. Uh, and I don't know if that makes me a relic or a dinosaur or something. Nah. Yeah, I, I just, I was astonished to discover that that they would release a game that doesn't work, that flat out doesn't work on Windows XP at this point. Uh, and and it, that's unusual, right? Nobody can, you can't do that. Somebody recently dropped
1: uh, XP support, wasn't it? You're I, cheating my, by. You have it, go- it might have been Valve.
0: McMaster, I hear you Googling that, so you're <laughs> cheating. No, I'm not cheating. I, I was uh, just uh, clog dancing. Well, the, the thing, too, is I wondered. Uh, this this isn't that common, and how many people might not know this? So I started going through the process of buying a copy of Ghost Recon Future, Future Soldier from the you know Ubi Store or whatever it's called, uh, and there was not one step. I got all the way to the point where you know I was going to like give my you know put my credit card in there, and unless I had read down the list and specifically noticed that it wasn't listed in the system requirements. I, I would have been stuck with a copy of it that doesn't work on XP. Now they're saying they're going to patch it, uh, but I'm just surprised that that it, it, it gets released that way. So.
1: Well, I mean, uh, oh, by the way, it was Valve drops Windows XP SP1 support. So Service Pack One is no longer supported by Valve.
0: Yeah, uh, well, they all have to download that second Service Pack. Then.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure most people are on a Service Pack two anyway. So, or at
0: least uh, there might even be a three at this point.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think there, I think there was a three. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, that's not that big of a deal. Uh,
0: well uh you know the it, it it will be patched i don't to say coming soon like i don't know how soon if it's a matter of a few days or a week or a month or something uh but i immediately lost all interest in trying the um windows version of ghost recon
1: so well, you you were really looking forward to this game yeah
0: yeah yeah i li- i like my hardcore military tactical shooters and it it does some kind of cool future-y things where there are holographic displays around your gun and they do a bunch of like uh nifty and oh, there's a word for this that I'm not going to be able to think of, but this idea where all soldiers on the battlefield are linked so that everything you see, your other guys can see, or, or there's a there's a HUD display for it, and they do some sort, cool... Sort of like the, the scientists on Prometheus. Uh, one, oh, right? you would go there, yeah, yeah, exactly, so that you can get lost and wander away and not <laughs> find your way out, and a space snake can eat you, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I like the look of it, and um, you know Ubisoft does good shooters, I, I think, uh, or they can. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Ubi's a
1: talented company sometimes.
0: But actually, you know, the bottom line is I would play it on, I don't have a PC version, uh, but I would play it on a 360. Like, And I've got the 360 version, and I do plan to, to give it a spin. Um, but since it won't work on most of the computers in my house, I'll definitely be playing that on the 360. Hmm. So, all right, there's my news. Uh, that leaves you, Seth. What, what do you got for us that's newsworthy this week? My what?
2: news is super simple, just some good news uh, in my eyes. Uh, Dragon's Dogma shipped uh, a million units. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Capcom considers it a major franchise. They're going to continue it, and uh, excellent. Yep.
0: Awesome. Uh, by the way, uh, so I blamed Max Payne 3 for me not playing Ghost Recon. I am blaming Dragon's Dogma for the fact that I honestly could not care less that that I have DLC now for Skyrim. <laughs> I, you yeah, know, it's
1: weird. Sarah's kind of the same way. Actually, she didn't even want to download the Skyrim DLC. She's pretty into Dragon's Dogma right now.
2: See, Dogma had a, a, an effect on me where. I still feel like I have juice to squeeze out of Skyrim, and what it made me do, even though I'm a little bit into, into Dragon's Dogma, is uh, um, on my second playthrough in Skyrim, uh, sort of change up how I approached it. I'm doing no fast travel um, and, and having a very different experience and trying to sort of live with consequences and uh, and, uh, and and get through that before I really go back to Dragon's Dogma.
0: You know, I love that you're doing that, Seth, but there's not you don't even get an achievement for that.
2: I don't care. The achievement is is, (laughs) are the the adventures I have that I recount on the back of my eyelids before I go to sleep. The the wonderful adventures.
0: Wait, I don't understand. How many gamerscore points is that worth? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Twelve. i you know I love that uh seth and i I love that idea, but i just i i feel like you know Bethesda didn't well, they didn't build the game for me to play it that way, so yeah, it's not, by golly, it's not i'm everyone. not gonna do it yeah
2: if you want you know like a a, a good story and writing and uh and- c- uh, characters that are more than just sort of like uh, Disney robots waiting for you to 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 poke them so they say they're one line right then yeah, it's not gonna work for you, but i'm more <laughs> i'm i am more i am i am just so into that that the setting i think. Uh, uh, physically the world that they create it really appeals to me. Well, now, me what, well, go ahead, sorry. No, it just reminds me when I was... A, you know, I, I grew up in the country, just sort of running around in the woods and just, you know, oh, yeah. thinking a lot of stuff. It, it's, it's a lot like that, in a way.
0: Well, I, I, I love that, too, and I, I, I have no problem with having to run around in the woods, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like the, it should be part of the game design. Uh, and so that's what I love about Dragon's Dogma, and when I play Skyrim, yeah. I just don't trust myself... No to make it immersive and not use yeah. fast travel, not yeah. fast forward time, for instance. Like I know yeah. part of the new the new features in in um, uh, what's it called? Dawn Guard. Dawn Guard. Yeah. yeah. The one of the new features is that you can be a vampire maybe. I'm not entirely sure how that works. But I presume yeah. I presume the idea is that at nighttime things are different than in the daytime. But that doesn't matter when you can just press the back button at any moment and fast right. forward to nighttime. Yeah. Uh, so i i'm really I'm, I'm
2: forcing myself to to uh to play it a certain way and it, it's been interesting i'm finding such a different path than i than i took on the first time all sorts of things i didn't see the first time and it's a very different feel
0: hey well uh, you know if you, you if you just sold it that way i'd have bought it because that is a good point is they they hand build this world and they seed it with cool little things that you can see and yep. that kind of is the the reason to not fast travel
1: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Uh I have a a friend that does that. That's all he that's his big deal is he doesn't fast travel. He walks everywhere as well. So it's like you you run into some crazy stuff in that game.
2: You really do. Yeah, there's so much more than I thought there was.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean I've spent a lot of time uh you know, I fast travel as well, just basically to to kind of ease the irritation of some quests but uh i do a lot of like just riding around as well and i you know the first night i was playing that game i just ran into some crazy stuff you know like you ever see the headless horseman guy
2: no i haven't seen that
1: god that, that was so weird oh, i followed him funny. forever yeah it was just like draw riding uh, around at <laughs> night and i see this glowing headless horseman and i followed him and uh yeah nothing ever happened i don't know what happens with <laughs> him.
0: <laughs> uh what so are you're not you're not playing dongard seth like you're just you're just going through a second playthrough and then you're moving on to dragon's dogma or what, what's the plan
2: i am going to work dongard into my into this current character the second character okay. uh yeah uh yeah. but i don't I, I don't plan on going vampire if they give me the option he's he's an upstanding gentleman my my second character so there there are upstanding vampires yeah
0: Sure. Uh, yeah, let me think. I'm uh, watch that True Blood show. I'm sure one of those vampires one of is very upstanding. Yeah,
2: one of them has to be. They're all handsome, and some of them are upstanding.
0: Right, one of them's got to be a good guy and sympathetic. It, if uh, yeah, if season one was any uh,
1: sort of like indication, I don't know.
0: Oh, that uh, that young Robert Pattinson fellow uh, I mean, isn't he from the Twilight have, movies? Oh, no. I don't know.
1: He's kind of creepy. <laughs> How about uh, Angel's not so bad. After oh, he's converted. not familiar
0: with her, I don't know who
2: she is. No, yeah, <laughs> he's just. He's he's, you're doing baby. that on purpose. He, yeah, he loves that. Yeah, I, I, that's, I almost love that. The Tom, though. That's the I, Tom trick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, Dragon's Dogma sequel. I, I was very glad to hear that as well, because that's one, yeah. one of those games that you think, oh, nobody's going to like this. It, yeah, you know, totally. it's, kind of, it's kind of like a, like Demon's Souls. That comes mm-hmm. out, and you're like, oh, I love this, and there's a small group of us, but, you know, we're never going to get anything like this again. Yeah. And it sells like hotcakes, and they make another one, and it's even bigger, so I'm it glad. Was, it,
2: was, it was a lot of fun watching the, the, the word of mouth on that build, yes. like across sites and, and podcasts, and people bringing it up sheepishly on shows. And, you know, like there's something... Here. Here and, and uh, making their case and then it, I
1: it's my campaigned for that game so hard i uh, I was working at crispy gamer when it came out and they mm, were really they were releasing their uh, top 10 of the year and um, my vote actually put demon souls on the list because it was me and Guth mastrapa <laughs> both, both voted for demon souls so we well, yeah, I was really proud of that I uh, I love that freaking game
0: now, uh, Seth, when can we play Dragon's Dogma two? Uh, w- when I find out,
2: you will be the first to know. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, and can they do something about the name? By the way, it uh, is terrible, isn't it? Oh, good lord! Yeah, uh, I, I think that's why people were so sheepish about mentioning it. Is I? Yeah. I have to say the name of a of a game that's a really bad name, and you're going to think less of me. But here I go, Dragon's yeah, Dogma, yeah. demons souls. <laughs> yeah. Now, demons souls, I can get on board with because that sounds suitably gothy and dark and angsty and, uh, video yeah, it's,
1: it's just kind of awkward I yeah. mean, I like it just fine, it, it makes sense in context of the game, but it, it's uh, yeah
0: like, like Dragon Dog, Dragon's Dogma makes me wonder if the people who named it know what the word dogma means, <laughs> right. or if it was like a Donkey Kong situation where they were just like hey, we're gonna put these two words together and we kind of think they sound cool and let's just float that, uh, so hmm all right, so let's see. We got Dragon's Dogma two. We got a patch coming for uh, Ghost Recon Future Soldier, and we have Source movies on the way. Uh, that's our news of the week. Now let's get down to some brass tacks and talk games of the week. Actually, before we do that, so Seth, uh, I'm assuming your game of the week is not Mass Effect three. It's not, but uh, it's it's worth talking about because you were I mean, the so, only well you're the only one here on this podcast I think who's seen the new endings no yes. yeah I haven't you know. okay. Okay. You didn't even
2: you guys haven't youtube them no intention to play them
0: I just could not care less oh, I mean I, I, I didn't, didn't think, think of that <laughs> yeah, so so what did you watch them on YouTube Seth or did you actually load up a saved game oh no well this, this all sort of
2: it seemed like it developed pretty quickly I think they 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 announced on last Thursday it'll be out next Tuesday and we were away. And this will show you how sort of obsessed I am with this. We were out of town, and I remember thinking on Thursday, I hope I don't die while traveling.
0: <laughs> There's <laughs> one more thing I need to do with my life.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> then I'll miss out on this. And, um, but also in the back of my mind, knowing that really, in the end, it would make no difference. Uh, I played it last night. I, I, I set everything to uh, narrative difficulty, where you can just sort of blow through the combat. Right. Um, uh, and I, I, still took a couple hours cause I went, I started from, uh, the attack on the Cerebus base.
0: Well, yeah. Don't you then end up having to do that last thing where you're defending the point and it's throwing like successive waves of the really powerful mini bosses at you. Like, That's right. But it, it, on, that, on, 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 narrative mode, I mean,
2: you're just, you're, you're just having one of your secondary characters point like a, 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 a like a warp power at them and they just, they pretty much fall right down. So okay. it, it, it wasn't, wasn't too painful. Um. Yes, I mean, I am not one of the people who hated uh, the ending before. I am. I, um, I I just found it a bit jarring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> before I, before I say this though, before I could play last night, and this is this is this really frustrated me, my because I hadn't played it since we last spoke. Uh, my um, my galactic readiness was was down to fifty percent uh-huh. again. Right, <laughs> and I knew I knew that to see all the oh. new content, you had to have your effective military strength, that EMS rating, up to, uh, to 3100. Uh, so that 50% was cutting my my EMS down to like I'm like 2800, and I needed 3100. So I had to play another 45 minutes of that. that did you just heading. like
0: look for uh, artifacts or whatever?
2: The- no, I there was nothing like that I could do. I, I did the multiplayer for like 45 minutes. Oh, I, I don't like that multiplayer. Um, uh, but I did it and finally snuck up to, I think, 56%, which was enough to then render my EMS like 3100 and change. Mm-hmm. Um, that annoyed me. I think they should have been more proactive in, in counteracting that. Um. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, the ending was fine with me before, uh, uh, it, it, it's a little, it was a little matrixy back in the day and sort of disjointed, I thought. And there wasn't real, like a real sort of like emotional falling action. I mean, he spent a lot of time with that character mm-hmm. and it all seemed a little abrupt. Um, and plus, I don't know if you remember it, like, my, my shepherd, uh, was, uh, hooked up with Jack, but they were showing me shots of Liara, like, when he jumped down the, the, the main tube. Mm-hmm. So there was, there were various things that bugged me, uh, and I gotta say, I really, really, uh, liked what they did with this.
0: So what did they do then? In a it nutshell, is, what, How would you describe it?
2: It is, uh, longer. <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> they uh they they sort of uh uh show how joker uh is fleeing on that ship and why he has uh, the the remainder of the crew with him um and uh they give you in in your little debate with the ghost kid you have sort of more opportunities to demand explanation or further clarification or express your doubts um and it 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 it's enough to make it feel less, less, um, awkward. Uh, so I, I chose synthesis last time. I did the same thing this time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. yep. Uh, first, uh, so I, I, I jumped down the thing, I'm falling apart. And so thankfully they showed me an image of Jack. So obviously they've sort of, uh, you know, uh, recalibrated things to more reflect your, your, your story choices, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. Um, and then, uh, they go into a lot of depth afterwards as to what the repercussions of your decision were. I didn't watch the other two. I've only seen the synthesis. I was just like, "This is fine. I'm just going to say that this is my story and leave it there." Um, uh, but they, they sort of they uh, even resort to these uh, partially animated stills. Uh, I guess some people would call it sort of Fallout style. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, really detailing how that that plays out for the galaxy in my choice of synthesis um uh I,
0: and that I was something that you wanted like that you did you feel that 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 i didn't know that i wanted
2: it me. but i sure i did feel like it added it uh, okay. added to it um And um, there's a great image in there, and I hope this isn't a spoiler for those listening. Uh, Close your ears. Uh, And it's really simple, but uh, after synthesis, uh, the Reapers help uh, rebuild civilization. There's a great image of them, like, working together
0: with the people... (laughs) like to, to rebuild the city. I don't know why I like that so much. But uh, did you, I mean, so I I hear that you like that and I can sort of appreciate that for some people yeah. that worked, but yeah. I knew that that happened. I mean, I, I I think the idea is that that's something that, that lives and flourishes mm-hmm. in your imagination, that that was mm-hmm. the intent of of BioWare, that, you know, they, they explain, okay, so this is what's going to happen, this is going to be the outcome. And I sort of feel like like this is this is encouraging this idea that everything has to be shown mm-hmm. um, and and I know that you of all people, Seth, could understand that in in some great stories it 's better to to not show things and to just leave it to sort of uh Either either fester or flourish, whatever whatever metaphor you want to use in someone's imagination, mm-hmm. uh, and, and some of the powerful, some of the most powerful stories. Like I, I don't want to be shown those things, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it sounds like for you, you, you. I love that you said you didn't think you wanted it, but but, but you did. So for you, this actually worked. Like you don't feel like it this- did actually work. I mean, I think it's it's absolutely true that you can
2: fill in uh, your own your own details about the events that follow. But I what what I felt was lacking before was uh really sort of a, a, a emotional closure okay and um uh they sort of hone in on the effect of your sacrifice uh, on the remaining teammates and uh the sacrifice of other people across the three games and uh it's just enough I think there's enough of like an emotional falling action now that there was not before okay there's such a long involved and emotional story and series um. I just thought it was, it was it was a little too truncated and uh and uh too, a little too um yeah uh, uh before and I I, I I did like it better it they're they're not walking back on their on their story choices i mean which is which is good um right although there is now the fourth option to not
0: choose. oh right right yeah explain how this works what it what it what happens there you just are stuck in the the chamber with the star kid or whatever
2: yeah. And then it's sort of, uh, uh, this is the one thing that I watched on YouTube, uh, and it sort of goes dark and then it cuts to a scene of, uh, Liara basically is the new beacon communicating to future, uh, cycles, uh, what their efforts were and trying to pass on the knowledge, um, with the, you know, obviously the implication being that, that everyone, that the Reapers were successful in wiping everyone out. Um, it's brief. <laughs> I, I wouldn't choose it. Uh, it's funny looking online though. Some people that that made them happy in a weird sort of uh, like ah, buzz. Yeah, that's the one I want. I don't want to play that game. Sort of, uh, sort of. Way. You know,
0: us Americans love the option to just not vote. Yeah, <laughs> and sounds like the equivalent of that. Uh, uh, all right, so thumbs up for the extended cut DLC from you. Thumbs though.
2: up for me. Maybe my, maybe yeah. it's a failure of my imagination's part, but I I appreciated it being fleshed out. I didn't think it was it was uh, you know too belabored or patronizing. It's just a you know a fun world that I I don't I, I don't mind having more visuals and and and
0: <laughs> well, and, <to> be fair, <laughs> and story. More. Right, and and to be fair, that was never part of the Mass Effect experience before then. Anyway, like like Mass Effect. Was was never a very subtle game, and it it, mm-hmm. uh, it was never about insinuating things and then letting you decide whether or not they happen and this sort of ambiguity that, that's just yeah. not a part of that universe. So yeah. for a guy like me who who really likes that in storytelling, when that happens at the end, I was kind of like, oh, that's a cool twist. I I really like it. Yeah, but yeah, I, but, I could but sort but
2: that's, of, that's a really good point. It's not necessarily hard sci-fi that leaves you sort of in a in, in a brain twist at the end, and that's sort of what happened. It was more about you know your crew and your friends and loyalty and, and 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 sacrifice and uh i feel like now that that's been uh, uh brought
0: to bear on right. the ending right all right uh mcmaster are you going to replay the ending now uh i doubt it uh, maybe i don't know i uh, will
1: see
2: my discs are finally on their way to amazon i finally i'm done it's over.
0: Oh, so like, wait. Would you, so you're you? That's now in the used. I am done with this game. I'm never going to be playing it again. pile
2: Unless but. you know, I would consider it if on a handheld someday they released like Mass Effect Ultimate, where all the entire story is in one one product, and I and I didn't have to play it on my couch because it just was. I mean, that was uh, that was a lot of time.
0: Wait, but wait, aren't there? Aren't won't there be DLC?
2: Yeah, I don't really care. I don't, it, 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 it's just going to be side missions for a story that I feel like I already completed. I've already seen rumors about it. it doesn't sound like anything that really interests me.
0: Okay, you can't play multiplayer anymore.
2: Oh, thank God!
0: <laughs> I've never. You know, it's not that I don't. It,
2: it feels good, and I, I I I like the guns and you know the world. But for some reason, that multiplayer, I never. It's rare that a game makes me feel like I'm really on a treadmill to nowhere, and that that. That multiplayer really did. I just felt like I was wasting my time constantly and resented the fact that I had to do it, you know, uh, to, to affect my single player game.
0: Yeah, Well, I, I didn't mind the single-player tie-in, but I, I'm with you on the whole reward system of having to, like, buy cards and earn money, and you only get the money at certain thresholds mm. so that if your group sucks or if people leave, you get screwed out of the, the reward you were supposed to get. I mean, yeah, I feel the- all of that is out of whack, and it's a worst-case scenario of EA's, like, new marketing 2.0 of their content. I hate that stuff, yeah. So, uh, all right uh okay so your game of the that was not your game of the week it was then. not it was what? it was the it was the world's game of the week it was, it was, it was yeah yeah uh, got that back in the news uh what was your game of the week Seth? uh,
2: uh you sure you don't want someone else to go first since i just talked for so long
0: you know what mcmaster get in here what's your game i actually know what your game of the week is i bet oh yeah what is it it's an old shooter oh
1: yeah it's uh doom quake 4 no, uh <laughs> no, you probably do know what my game of the week is.
0: Uh, uh, it's it. uh, battle. Battlefield well, No, I don't want to I was going to say Battlefield 3, am I wrong?
1: No, you're right. Sweet. Oh, Who do yeah. I win? Uh I don't know. What do you win? You have the chance <laughs> to play Battlefield 3 with me sometime. Awesome.
0: <laughs> That's a good chance. Yeah, so why is such an old <laughs> online only shooter your game of the week?
1: uh well i've been uh going through kind of this crazy thing where i'm kind of trying to find games i didn't play a lot last year Mm -hmm. so uh i loaded up battlefield 3 because i've been thinking about it and there's a new expansion pack that came out yesterday i believe close uh, combat or close quarters combat or something like that and um uh, I'd also heard a few things about the the changes they've made to the game, and uh, it, it interested me. Uh, first of all, they've released this thing called Premiere. Uh, I don't know if people consider this a good or a bad thing. It just kind of depends because it's very similar to me, at least, to Call of Duty Elite, mm-hmm. uh, where uh if you buy the subscription it's a one time fee you get all of the DLC two of which are out already uh and you get uh access to it 2 weeks early um there's a new set
0: of unlocks uh um, I can't I can't roll with this EA stuff anymore it's just crazy <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I can totally hear Seth squirming. I'm, I'm with you, Seth. I hear you. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's uh, and you can reset your stats, which is one of the things that interested me about it. Because uh, man, my stats are awful.
0: What do you mean um, reset your stat? Like like prestige class in Call of Duty? What is that? No, just, no, just wiping everything tracking,
1: out. Yeah, set it to zero.
0: What? Uh, yeah. So go figure. But um, wait, why would they even make that an option?
1: So that if you suck like me, once you stop sucking, you can, I guess, reset your stats so you're not as pathetic looking.
0: But that's the point I of the stats, so that you can tell. So as 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 a a vanity thing, like you would reset your stats and just like work on your your kill death ratio, like that kind of thing. I guess, yeah. Oh, I hate that. I, I'm very uh, you I, would love it. I don't know. I you know what? That's the thing about like. <laughs> If you can just, like, that that encu- that further encourages people to play the game for, like, I hate that they show, and someone else is talking about this, they show the kill-death ratio, because that's not the determinant for, like, how well you're doing or how well you're contributing. And they oh, do a no. good job getting around that with, like, the, the experience point system. I, I, I like that. but But just the fact that they're encouraging people to fuss over and try to refine their stats by letting them, like, hit a button and start over. I, I don't like I don't,
1: that. Battlefield's always had kind of a weird tracking when it comes to your skill because everything is so based off of your true skill or skill rating or whatever the hell they like factor, and part of that is your kill-death rating, right. which I don't really think is fair in a way because if somebody's playing a medic or if someone's playing an engineer or whatever, they're as much a important part of the team mm-hmm. as anyone else.
0: Thank you, McMaster, for saying that. I appreciate that.
1: No, it it's, it's true though. It's a ticket-based game. Medics can bring you back to life if you don't lose tickets. Exactly. Ticket. Yes. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. That's that's huge. Uh keeping your tanks alive and blowing up other tanks. That's pretty huge. You know, I mean there there's there's something to be said for that. Ammo, but,
0: giving people ammo, that's huge. Harsh.
1: Yes. It's not like they. Uh, it's not like they really
0: track that though,
2: which is right. kind of a bummer. Um, is, there, is there a mess hall class? Can I? Can I just uh, <laughs> yeah. prepare
0: prepare Seth, food? Seth, we need you. Yeah, we we need you to do the dishes. Though. And then, sorry. And yeah, then yeah.
2: if I get a, if I get a reputation, then I get, that's bad. I can reset my deliciousness yeah. rating.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can say yeah, your deliciousness rating. Yes, Seth, um, we need you to. Uh, we need you to play the class that scrubs the head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's better with connect. I'm sure. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that really worked out for Steel Battalion, it looks
0: like. Um. <laughs> so, so, McMaster, did you, you've reset your stats. You've availed yourself of this cheesy little new feature.
1: Oh, I got the feature. I, I didn't reset my stats. So,
0: right. uh, I would encourage you, McMaster, be an honest man. Do not reset your stats. I,
1: if I ever reset them, it's certainly not going to be right when I get it, and I suck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, watch me do awfully again. <laughs> uh, but uh, No, I, really, I, I got it because I was... Uh, kind of curious about the Achievement Unlock thing. Uh, so I wanted to see what was up with that. And also, I was kind of curious about the Close Quarters con- um, map back. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm not sure about, because really, it's, it's, real, it's a lot more like Call of Duty than Battlefield, uh, these maps. Um, they're pretty small. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're confined to buildings, uh, usually. And there's some there's some cool things about it like for instance they have the hd destruction thing which means just about everything can be blown up or shot apart you know which uh, it does add something to the game where uh, earlier i was playing and i was in this penthouse and i see like a guy run by outside uh, and i just start opening fire tracking him and you know, i'm shooting through the door through the window and everything eventually i kill him like as i blow the door apart and that's pretty neat um but uh, I, I'm not I'm not overly sold on just small maps in Battlefield because it kind of we have Call of Duty, you know I, I don't really understand it. Um, and then supposedly they're actually going to release a, a piece of DLC that has huge maps, so I'm
2: I'm interested in that more. Maybe, maybe uh, that's the point, and that now you you no longer need Call of Duty because
1: yeah, I, I'm sure that's the point, but it's. Uh, <laughs> It's just like it doesn't – it's like taking kind of a – it's almost like playing Battlefield Bad Company 2, which I like Bad Company 2. Don't get me wrong, but it's – I mean on the, the console. Uh, but it's certainly a uh, – it's a much uh, smaller scale than anything that the regular Battlefields have done. Um, but
0: uh, what, what sort of loadout are you leaning towards these days,
1: you know, one of the things I like to do when I first start is I either choose uh, Recon or uh, uh, Assault uh, when I first start playing through a game for experience. And I've, I've been focusing on Assault this time because, really, uh, I don't want to deal with the whole Sniper thing right now. Uh, it's so irritating. But... um uh, yeah, I've been playing Assault. Uh, I have the uh, the revive thing, um, and I've also discovered that uh, something that's very important in Battlefield for helping you win games is to have smoke grenades. So I went through and uh, unlocked smoke grenades, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of my build right now is uh, smoke grenade uh, assault with uh, paddles to revive people.
0: Do you get uh, experience points for hucking smoke grenades? No. You, uh,
1: you kill people with them though, and you get experience for that because that's pretty entertaining—shooting a dude in the face with a smoke grenade.
2: With asphy- like asphyxiation, or if, if one lands on the face,
0: <laughs> it's a—it's yeah. a long process. The particulates get in their lungs; and they're carcinogenic. So by the time by the time <laughs> they're seventy, they're sure to develop lung cancer.
1: It's—I think it's from the high uh, high-speed projectile <laughs> flying out. Uh, yeah, that's probably what does it.
2: Is it shot out of a gun? No, it's not hands. Yes. Okay, yeah, okay, I get. it. it
1: some reason, you, you don't get really get to pick grenades, I mm-hmm. guess, battlefields. You just get to pick the kind you shoot out of your gun, um, I guess. I, I haven't seen a place to choose grenades. Um, but uh, it, it makes a huge difference, as I learned, in any map where uh, – or any game that has like a million snipers, smoke grenades are nice. Ah, cause um, they
2: can't snipe you through the smoke very good.
1: Right, and that's the thing is like, uh, for instance, I know you've played it, Tom, the Operation Metro Matt, have you played Seth? You haven't played.
2: Yeah, it Yeah, I played it on 360 oh. for a while uh, and oh. then gave it up. But yeah, I know Operation Metro well.
1: Yeah, Operation Metro has these really bad choke points, and uh, you don't really have a chance unless you have smoke grenades and a lot of time. A lot of the time, because if they do, they can just easily set up a firing line uh, on the perimeter, and uh, you'll never get through. So it's 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 pretty useful, um, if not the most glamorous
0: uh, thing to do. <laughs> uh, operation Metro, at least, you know, you're always going to get to the action quickly. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. No, that's one reason I kind of like operation Metro while I don't, if like it, if for instance, if you didn't do the first part of operation Metro, I think it would be a better map, but it's so easy. It's like a huge wide open space that you're funneled into one small area for that is, uh, that it's like a sniper Haven, that freaking map in the beginning. Um,
0: All right, right, so a little Battlefield 3 love. Um, Uh, One thing, though, that mm -hmm.
1: game is... uh, There's a lot of cheating that goes on that game, even in Punkbuster servers.
0: No, come on. They've got that locked down, their security. (laughs) Uh,
1: Once I was parachuting in, and a guy shot me like... Aware. It was weird just seeing him. He was like actually in, in a building somewhere. Mm-hmm. I believe he shot me through the roof and got a headshot on me. I, by the time he got kicked, he had like 110 kills and two deaths. But like, And it's like some of the cheating is a bit more subtle, but you can kind of tell difference between good and cheating uh but yeah i mean that and the fact that i really you know if they're going to ask like offer a premium edition a premiere edition or whatever it's called i wish i could change my options outside of the game
0: oh you, know? the, uh, you mean your loadouts and whatnot well it, not
1: even that just like my control options my video option ah, kind ah, of thing okay. without having to be in a round and being shot right <laughs> but yes that's uh that's my awesome game of the
2: week
0: so a lot of what uh, you dig about Battlefield Three, and I certainly do as well, is why I'm really into Max Payne. Uh, just just the the unlockability, the the different loadouts. Uh, like Max Payne is really kind of satisfying that Jones for me right right now. Yeah. Max Uh-oh. Payne
1: is a very frustrating multiplayer game though.
0: Mm, it- it can be. What do you? Oh, I know what you're talking about. because is something you, yeah. you wrote. Uh, it's 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 as you said. It's rock It's finicky. Uh, they have their own way of doing things. It's not a pinpoint precision mouse driven game. Uh, no, you, you have to you have to learn to love the auto aim McMaster. The auto aim oh, is I, your friend. Sometimes your friend will betray you and be a jerk, but it's still your friend.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. I just have problems with pointing directly down uh, or. Not, you know, firing into the ceiling for no reason. It just drives me insane.
0: Uh, I have briefly looked at Max Payne on the, the PC, and, boy, just playing that with a mouse, you know, without the auto-aim, which I kind of feel like is how a shooter should play. No, it's awesome. I mean, it's Love like, it. oh, this is how Max Payne really should well, work. Um... Cause, well, yeah, Because that auto-aim is such a relic of, you know, their Grand Theft Auto game and Red Dead Redemption. And they, they just want to let in single-player people feel like a total badass without having to, like, line up headshots. It's kind of the anti-Call of Duty in a way. Uh, so, I you know, I think it works fine on a console. But to see Max Payne with a mouse and keyboard without any auto-aiming, uh, it just feels great. Uh, but you're playing yeah. on a PC and, you know, you can't sit on your couch.
1: Yeah, I mean, and of course there's the option of, like, a hard, hardcore mode and free I don't, that,
0: I've tried that. It's just insane. Like, especially if you get used to Max Payne 3's auto-aim. Yeah. To just convert it to the hardcore free aim, I, it just it just doesn't work for me. I, uh, yeah. I just,
1: I mean, I've thought about it. I don't even think that many people play it, to be honest with you, on oh, the 360 now. I mean, the multiplayer numbers are pretty low a lot of the time I play now.
0: Right. Hmm. <laughs> All right, All right. so uh, Battlefield 3, I'll go next. So my game of the week, uh, at, just as some people are sheepish about mentioning Dragon's Dogma, I'm a little sheepish about uh, mentioning how much time I spent with uh, Lego Batman 2. Yes, I'm so glad that this is your I, game. Yeah. It's, it's such a baby's game. I mean, there's no... Lego
1: games are so addictive, dude. <laughs>
0: Uh, so no, so the thing for me with a simple game like Lego Batman is uh, many, many times when I'm playing a game, I'll have like a podcast or talk radio or whatever going, like something that's, that's giving me information where I'm listening to people talk rather than just music. And what, with most video games, I will find that like a half hour has gone by and I've been paying so much attention to the video game that I have no idea what just happened on like the podcast. Uh, that never happens in lego batman (laughs) i can play that game and listen to like a lecture on the reconstruction after the civil war and the agrarian economy of the south i will pick up every new one like i can totally pay attention to that level of talk i would never do that but if i had to i could listen to that sort of thing and still absorb it while playing lego batman that's how little like brain power it takes it's kind of like running a, a computer on sleep mode or something. Like, you just, you just sit there and you do the thumb motions and you kind of respond to what's on the screen, and Lego Batman just happens. Um, so I'm kind of... Um, it just feels like such this empty... And I don't mean empty as a judgment, but it just feels like so... Inconsequential and and inevitable, and it's just just everything as you're playing, everything's eventually going to happen. You're never going to meet with any meaningful frustration. Uh, anytime you're like fighting a, a boss, if you die, yeah, big deal. You just come right back. Uh, so for an example, you play different superheroes, and some of them, like Superman, are l- literally invulnerable. They have instead of the little red hearts, they have little silver hearts. They never take damage. Nothing can hurt them. Ugh. If if they get punched, doesn't matter. They can just stand there and get punched. If I want to get up and get a drink while I'm fighting a boss, that's fine. Superman just sits there and takes damage. If I, if I fall off of a cliff or something, he doesn't fall. He just floats there. He's not going anywhere. Uh, so that's the level of, like, difficulty and challenge that they want to provide, namely none. Uh, and the thing is, I'm okay with that. Like it, As I was playing it, I, I sort of resigned myself to that. And I'm able to sort of enjoy it on the level that they want it to be enjoyed, and that is namely as an open-world exploration game Mm. that has missions in it. And the missions are just, you know, you do that, you earn money, and you get this cute little story, and you can find little secret things that unlock more dudes. Um, But mainly what I'm liking is just this open-world exploration. The same thing I liked about Saints Row 3. You know, the same thing I liked about Just Cause 2. Just, Just mucking around in this really cute little vividly realized Gotham City, uh to unlock more stuff um now now seth you mentioned that you were like like is this on your radar is this something that you a guy who's into hardcore baseball management sims and whatnot would play i mean
2: i'm 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 a little bit of a comic book nerd and uh
0: oh that angle
2: okay yeah and I mean, I like the idea—the toy box angle—that uh, and the open world appeals to me. I'd like to hear more about what it is that they have populated it with that keeps you wanting to run around. Is it activities? Is it are you yeah. unlocking costumes? Are you are you finding new vehicles? So um, no, no
0: costumes. Let me explain how that works. So yeah. you do find some vehicles. You'll find some. So a lot of the vehicles you get by finding hidden things in the missions, and those are called mini kits. Um, and that that's one way to get vehicles. But there are definitely some vehicles out in the city that you just stumble upon. You can actually Mm -hmm. see them on the map if you do a little scan. Like when you look at the map, you can put the cursor somewhere and press scan. It's almost like Mass Effect 3. And little pulses go out, and they light up anything you can can grab or interact with. So when you do that, sometimes you'll see a vehicle, and you'll go over there to see what it is. Or sometimes you're just driving around, and you're like, whoa, look at that big shiny tank. I want to see what that is. And you walk up to it. And you don't have enough money for it, so you want to go and play so that you can come back and unlock it. For instance, I just just last night, I, I'd finished the missions, by the way. Like, I've been done with them for a while. Just last night, I was messing around, unlocking a few of the villains, and I saw a big old truck with a drill on the front of it. And it's, it's like Bane's underground drilling car or something like that. And I was like, I want that. I mean, and, and that made me want it. Like, it's just there. It's just sitting there waiting for me to have enough money to unlock it. Uh, so they, they're really good about populating little bits and pieces of activity and things you want to unlock. Um, the, the overarching uh, track for your progress in this game is the number of gold bricks that you've unlocked. And there's 250 of them in the game. Uh, when you do a mission, you get one for finishing the mission. If you make a whole bunch of money you get another one. If you find a little hidden civilian on each mission, you get another one. If you find all the little bits that unlock a vehicle, you get another one. Then when you're out in the world, there's all these other ways to get these gold bricks. For instance, sometimes you'll see... uh little bits of the the landscape or whatever or or street lights or something they kind of subtly jump and that means they're part of a little destruction sequence and so if you can destroy a certain number of things within a certain time and these are all related things like there'll be hedges in a ring or a row of street lamps down the street if you destroy all of them in a certain amount of time it's a little challenge you get a brick so just as you're driving around you see a little motion out of the corner of your eye and you're like oh there's one of those little destruction challenges um so, they do stuff like that. Like, as I was playing, basically the, the premise is that Gotham is in chaos and there's just criminals running around the streets and there's people yelling for help. I think, and I could be wrong about this, every time you hear someone yell for help, there's somebody nearby that you can rescue to get another gold brick. So, there's that going on. Um, the map is populated with uh, villains that don't even figure into the story. They're kind of these little mini-adventures. For instance, there's a big old greenhouse near Bruce Wayne's Manor where you start, and naturally, Poison Ivy is in there. Uh, she doesn't figure in the story at all. You never need to find her or, or play against her, but if you go into this greenhouse, it unlocks her and you go through a little multi-stage sequence where she taunts you and sends plant men after you, and you have to explore the greenhouse to find her. You beat her, easy enough, and now she's a playable character, and that figures into some of the missions, and actually the open world, where there are places where only poison ivy can go because they're, they're covered by plants um so there's a little like poison ivy boss fight that's not part of the story it's just out there in the open world you can you can completely miss it if you want hmm. um and I, I just love how they've put together just all these little goals and stuff for you to do and i even even the story by the way uh the story is 15 missions uh and they do some really clever stuff. And I, I think I want to spoil a minor point for you guys, just to sort of show you how cool these missions are. One of the, uh, one of the things that unites the last few missions is that one of the villains makes a giant robot. Pretty straightforward. Uh, and at one point, you have to do a vehicle sequence against the giant robot. Like you're, you're driving on a predetermined path. It's like a rail shooter. And you're in the Batmobile and you just shoot guns at the robot's weak points and you hit parts of the geometry that knock it, that knock into the robot. And the point is you're running a a predetermined circuit just shooting at the robot. And this is a multi-stage boss fight. Again, there's no failure. If your, if your car gets killed and blows up, it just comes right back. You know, you're, you're eventually going to beat this. There's no way to fail it. Uh, so you're playing it. You're running the circuit over and over again. It takes several laps because you have to shoot the robot and then figure out what you have to do. And you can also shoot little hidden collectibles while you're doing it. So you do this for a while, and you've ended up running this same circuit for a while, and the robot falls down, and you go to the next stage of of that fight. But before that happens, it goes to a little cutscene where it reveals that Batman was, was doing this circuit because he was shooting the robot to make him leak green goo. And and in the street, spell out a message that the Justice League could see from their satellite, or they're uh-huh. monitoring Gotham. And that's such a cool little touch. And it's a touch that belongs; it fits in the game. But it's a touch that would that would fit very well in a more serious, like heftier gameplay game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love what a reveal that was. And furthermore. What then happens is that you now have in the city all these little piles of green goo in the street that the robot dropped after this mission that only Green Lantern can interact with. Uh, so now you have it's, it's like a whole other little set of goals and quests that you can do after this mission that ties into kind of the narrative of, of the mission. Uh, and it's just, just a really clever way of building the world and furthering it and folding all these superheroes into it. Mm. It's very intriguing.
2: I I mean, I played a lot of uh, a lot of DC Universe, uh, and I liked how that was sort of a a trip, an exhaustive trip through like the backwaters of DC Mm -hmm. villainry. But also at the same time, that game uh, was a bit dopey and humorless um, uh, in the writing. So I could see how this would be fun, man. If it was on the Vita in its full form, it would be a no-brainer for me. I just don't know if it's something that I can play. In my house
0: is the Vita. I mean, I'm assuming it's on the Vita. Is the Vita? It is, not but the it is. World?
2: I looked into this, and it is not uh, the. It, it, there, there are large similarities, but it's not. It is not the same open world.
0: Oh, that would. Yeah, I would say you would be totally compromising the experience if you don't get that, because that's yeah. what that's what really sells it. I mean, that's the thing about the missions. They're just one of the things you can do in this open world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and the, the sense of humor. I, I'm glad you brought up DC Universe because a lot of what i liked about dc universe which it ends up losing track of when you hit the level limit is yeah. that open that open world and mm-hmm. it ends up pushing you off into instances and you're, the open world is just kind of there
2: no fun anymore yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly so uh, lego batman never leaves that like the first mission maybe the first two missions are little tutorial things but once it puts you at the you know the gotham harbor looking out over the city it is completely and always about the open worldness of it mm-hmm. uh, so and and Again and against DC Universe, completely tongue-in-cheek, humorous, uh, just really cute stuff. Yeah, is there? There's
2: co-op in it, I assume.
0: Only local, yes.
2: So you can't play
0: online, but yeah, very good local co-op, and I say very good. uh, Like I. I was playing it with some of my friends here, and I think they were losing patience with it because there's no challenge or gameplay, really. Like I, I, and because they weren't invested in the collecting like I was, you know, they were just helping me collect stuff. I, I don't <laughs> think it worked that well for them. So, so you would need a co-op partner who, who doesn't need their own challenge level or their own collection or doesn't need to level something up. Uh, you would need a very patient, forbearing co-op partner, I think, for this.
1: Uh, so. I uh, I did that with uh, Harry Potter. Does this one split? Yep, it does the same like split screen. You, okay.
0: Which is a little surprising because I've seen people say, oh, it's a completely innovative split screen thing. And it's not. It's exactly like the Harry Potter thing where you're on the same screen together. And even the – did the Indiana Jones one – do that? I don't think it did.
1: Uh, no, I think the f- maybe one of the Harry Potter ones did it first. I
0: think, yeah. or and so you like can, that. you know, you could. Well, uh, let's see. Star Control, I remember used to work that way. On the was it the Genesis way back when? Is you would be fighting the other person on the same screen, but you weren't constrained by the screen. So if you each right. went too far in one direction, it would just split into two halves. And so yeah, that works great in, in this. Uh, and also, there are plenty of areas where it really counts on using two different characters like they know enough to really build what challenges there are around a, comp- a complementary set of two characters uh, oh yeah that, they
1: always do that yeah you know like they have those voldemort things or whatever in harry potter or whatever you have to like do certain characters certain characters have certain abilities to use etc
0: well they, they definitely play that up here uh, uh to the point that it gets a little goofy like I don't know if you guys know this, but apparently one of Robin's superpowers is to wear uh, a suit that shoots uh, cones of ice. Mm. I, I don't remember that from the movies, from the Joel mm. Schumacher uh, movie. Maybe uh, it was in the '60s TV show. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it definitely feels like something from the '60s because he's even wearing uh, like a, one of those Eskimo hats with the fuzzy fur around the, the rim. Uh, it looks like you know what? It looks like he's a soldier on Hoth or something. Uh, so, all right, so that's my game of the week is a kid's game. And, and you know, I say, like, I, I I really resist the idea that this is a kid's game, by the way. I really resist the idea that, that a game that has no functional, like, challenge or, like, uh, there was a great game. Oh, what was that? Oh, De Blob, De Blob and De Blob Two. Very similar. Those games had no real challenge. There were some frustrating things, but that was kind of accidental. It was a game where you just laid back and and you just you let it happen. It just you were you were moving things around and everything would happen in time. You were never going to be stymied. And I just I, I really think there's a place for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though I feel a little sheepish about it, that's certainly what Batman Lego Batman Two is. So. All right, that's my Game of the Week. Now, I know, Seth, you have for a Game of the Week another open-world game, if I'm not mistaken.
2: That is true. I hadn't
0: thought of that connection. Because I didn't uh, even know that this was an open-world game, by the way, this one that you're going to tell us about.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's an open-world. It's, it's another one of those open-worlds where there's not much to do in it.
0: But uh... <laughs> Wait, I thought they were like collectibles and whatnot. Or maybe, <laughs> that's, maybe that's not enough for you.
2: Uh, um, all right, well, m- m- my game is uh, uh, Gravity Rush for the, the Sony Vitae. Uh, (laughs) This is um, uh, new first-party IP, you know, positioned uh, by some as the the first sort of uh, system seller must-have. It's actually by the guys who did the original Silent Hill, I found out, which is interesting because they bear, I mean, this this bears no relationship uh, in feel or tone. Um, So, Gravity Rush. Basically, you are a teenager with amnesia. Who uh, wakes up, uh, sort of inexplicably, wearing uh, one of like Madonna's tour outfits from the mid '90s? <laughs> I've been on that date. In uh, in, in this, like this this European version of Cloud City, and uh, there's this cat who's made of stars named Dusty, and uh, he wow. is somehow he gives you powers, uh, not so much to fly, uh, but to to fall in a given direction.
0: So far, Seth. I just want to say I can't tell if you're telling us about Gravity Rush or a weird acid trip you had like, when you were a teenager. It,
2: it sounds a little fever dreamy, <laughs> but um, yeah,
0: it sure does. Um,
2: you guys remember that show? Uh, one of my favorite things about this game. Remember the greatest American hero? Oh yeah,
1: I'm walking on air. Yeah.
2: yeah. How he would how how terrible he was at flying uh, and at Puma first. Man. Puma Man's pretty bad at flying too, but I'll just. <laughs> She, Kat, who's the character here, and interestingly enough, the main character from Greatest American Hero, played by the actor William Kat, Um, I don't know if this is intentional, Uh, but Kat, she sort of flies in that same manner initially, where it's just, she's just a rag doll being hurled through the air with no control, can't, like, hits, when she lands, like, there's, like, a a puff of, like, concrete and debris, and it looks uber-painful. Um, But then slowly over the course of the game, you see her sort of start to put it together. And every once in a while, uh, she'll start to make these sort of cool, inverted three-point landings. Not always, but just like with increasing frequency. Uh, I I love that. It's like it's very subtle, but this interesting sort of character growth through the animation. Um, The city is gorgeous. Uh, There are these purple upgrade gems, which are a lot like, I'd say, the orbs in Crackdown.
0: That's what I was wondering about because that seems yeah. like that would make it uh wonderfully addictive, like running around finding these things. It's my favorite part of the game.
2: Uh yeah. Just floating around uh looking for for uh surfaces that have these these big purple gems that you, you very much sort of sort of uh, absorb uh in proximity to them in the same way that the, the, the uh the crackdown thing sort of attracted to you and it it, it feels so good. Um uh yeah, the, the, the main mechanic, the gravity mechanic, is fantastic. And it is the reason why uh, I like this game so much and will keep playing it despite uh, a number of frustrations. But it just creates these interesting situations I've never really seen before. Like, whatever you land on uh, becomes basically new, like, gravitational south for you. But your hair and your scarf are still pointing what, what to what the real down is. Ah. So Just so you know. But so, like, if you're attached to the underside of, of, like, a building or a structure, then up is now the new gravitational down. And when you then jump off that surface, all of a sudden you're falling into the sky. And it's very interesting. Um, and, uh, I, and I've really not gotten tired of it. Um, but the further you get on in this game, uh, there are problems. They, they sort of mix things up. By sometimes limiting or taking away your powers. Ouch, that's a no no, isn't it? Well yeah, instead of finding new cool ways for you to use that that central mechanic, yeah, they're they're like they're mixing up uh, 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 the mechanic or cha- changing things around. There's one sequence that's almost like a VR sequence where it has nothing to do with your powers. I really didn't like those sections, although there is one where the justification is that your your cat has indigestion.
0: No, like, you I, made that up too. That's you're convinced. I am not. Dusty, the star-spangled
2: cat gets indigestion and it mm-hmm. affects your powers, yeah. Which I thought, you know, having a cat and knowing how delicate it's on the Suda 51 have anything No, to do no, it's, this? it's it's not okay, quite as brazen. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there is god there's one move the gravity slide which is sort of like a skating without a skateboard move that you don't have to use very much but a, a couple times it, it asks you to and it is locked to the the gyroscopic motion controls Ouch. oh god and i can't you can't as far as i know you can't map it to the thumbsticks and like i when i i've it's come up when i'm playing this thing like during my commutes on the train
0: <laughs> hey that guy's having a seizure <laughs>
2: it 's it 's so embarrassing, I mean I sort of give a half hearted stab at it, but then eventually i just I just sort of hit the sleep button and i like, 'll pick that up again later, which i, I don 't think was their intention um, and what i 'm finding deep deep into the game is that uh as things get more hectic, sometimes they 're asking me to do some like timed things or some tough things, and the level of control is not really there to justify it, and uh, there's some really frustrating sections. But, um, God, this the, the means of traversal in this game is so uh, exhilarating that it sort of cancels everything out. And it, it's also well-written. I mean, the city is gorgeous, uh, uh, it, but there are sections of this game that I just cannot wait to get past
0: (laughs) now what is i so you can't have an open world game without occasionally beating someone up like what is fighting like just carry she didn't carry a gun or anything
2: no you have a lot of options most of your your powers are are, uh, based around gravity uh you can sort of decide uh what to develop and in what order i favor the gravity kick where you sort of hone in on something far away uh and then do sort of an accelerated gravity and like like fly through the air to uh to them and then uh kick them at high impact it takes a little bit of lining up so it feels almost like sort of like sky jousting in a way because you can miss ah. uh but it's great and if you can start chaining them where you 're like hitting something then then reorienting your camera, hitting something else uh, and bouncing off it feels really good. You can also grab loose objects uh, using your gravitational powers and hurl them at, at things and then you have standard kick uh, um, uh, a standard uh, kick move or some more powerful attacks uh, like a, a black hole thing that you can sort of uh, utilized to take out large groups um the combat is based around hitting the glowing points on various uh like inky monstrosities it's a little played out um but
0: oh you don't get to beat up like people no oh no the worst thing you do to people
2: is that when you activate your gravitational power sometimes they get caught up in your stasis field and they'll start screaming when you start flying around um but uh, you do have some adversaries, uh, uh, some human adversaries, but they're very rare. Most of the time, you're fighting, uh, you're fighting creatures. The okay. nevi, they call them.
0: Uh, Seth, let's get down to brass tacks. Brass what, tacks. what does the black cat do? Uh, what do you mean? Well, like, does it have powers? Is it? Does it help you? Y- can you ride yes, it? Uh, you can. Does it? Does it talk? <laughs> <laughs> there is one.
2: Uh, it, it it only says meow or nothing. Uh, it is the source of your powers. Uh, ah, there's, an, okay. there, there's a, a counterpart, uh, who uh, initially is an adversary named Raven who, uh, has a, uh, a, a, you know, a, a, a black Raven very much in the same vein, who's the source of her powers. You guys are shifters. Everyone calls you shifters. And, uh, their Wait story, a
0: your name her, her name is cat and her name is Raven. raven? Right. That's right. I think I, yeah. I think Did I see, see a pattern. With? I, I yeah. got a pattern here, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, by the way, so Cat, I, I don't know if you know this. There's another recent cat uh, character named Cat. In, in a very prominent. Not Cat
2: Dennings from the from uh, Two Girls, Two Broke Girls, and uh, the Thor film
0: no i love her she's great you know what i say fine actress but uh if you want to disabuse yourself of that notion rent a movie called daydream nation Uh, she Mm -hmm. is so great she erased all of my goodwill towards her so no i don't like her anymore uh this is uh this is another movie that came out hugely successful um and the main character's name is cat only for short Oh, good point. <laughs> I think you, you out trumped me with your Hunger Games trivia. Well played, Seth. Okay, good. Are
2: you going to read those books? They're good books.
0: I'm going to, I've, I've got enough young adult fiction. You're playing Lego Batman, I, oh! all best. How you Oh, snap. Finished.
2: You can now traffic in any, in any children's media that you desire.
0: Maybe I need to start, now that I've been playing Lego Batman, I need to start a little lower, maybe a little Dr. Seuss or something, and work my way up to Hunger Games, I think. <laughs>
2: But anyway Gravity Rush uh it's like it's it's a, a, i would call it like a flawed must play because I love the main mechanic so much and um uh and it's well written and um uh, maybe the next one will be a uh, a little smoother um but I I'm digging it All right well and I'm trying you know, I'm trying to divorce my opinion of it from you know the idea that it is sort of like the first original thing to come out on the on the Vita
0: well that's what I was gonna say, is that it's the only thing that really makes me want a Vita. Like it's mm-hmm. the only thing that I've seen on the Vita that thinks that where I'm like, dang, I wish I had one of those. Yeah. Uh, so all right, so uh let's see, a little Battlefield three, a little gravity rush, and a little uh Lego Batman this week. Good.
1: Did you uh I have one last question to ask you. Did you get thin line?
0: Are you asking me or Seth? Yeah, yeah, you I don't know what Thin Line is. Isn't that that the Line?
1: Spec Ops game or something
0: like that? Oh, Spec Ops, The Line.
1: The Line. The Line. 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 Yes, yeah, sorry. Thin Line. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I like that. Uh, No, I, I don't know anything about that. Has anyone else here played that?
2: I haven't no. played but I'm intrigued by what I've read about it and that uh, Okay, has... why? What
0: like what is you what have you read about it that intrigues you? Uh Nolan North does the voice. Come on, really that intrigues you. You want to hear that do you, you want to hear Nathan Drake in another game? Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going down your list Seth. I'm sure there'll be something in there that maybe I can resonate with. Okay. That, that,
2: Nolan North. that wasn't that wasn't my best foot forward on this game and uh, and <laughs> nor do I really care. But uh, I I, it sounds like this game has the potential to make you feel bad about yourself as a first-person yeah. first shooter player. And That's I, what I want. I, I love that idea.
0: I don't believe that for a second. By the way, <laughs> I, I believe that is that you know that that may be a narrative they're trying to push, but I, yeah. I, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I, yeah. I, the last game that tried to do that for me and was actually moderately effective, I think, was maybe Viet Cong. Which no was a, a weird little shooter set, of course, in Vietnam, where uh, when you would loot bad guys, you would find like photographs of their families. I mean, that's such a like <laughs> yeah, a movie I'll trope.
1: That. Okay.
0: Yeah, but you would you would loot them because you wanted the ammo and the guns and whatnot. But you would end up finding like notes and stuff. Like like we all see that in war movies, but they actually put that in this video game. And I think that was the last time a game maybe made made me feel bad uh, for playing a shooter. So. <laughs> Sith, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, McMaster. I think I reviewed
1: that for uh, Games I remember that, but no. I the, the whole thing about it is that they uh, they keep talking about how it's supposed to have meaningful and put meaning behind the killing and stuff like that. And well,
0: that's like, what, well, I what I wonder. So, yeah, wh- how do they? What's the word on how they think they're doing this? Can either of you explain that, or are, they, are you just hearing? This, no, it's uh, that's uh, just what's, all I hear.
2: So yeah, the know. piece I read uh, sort of uh, was a little cagey on it because they, they didn't want to give away the twist that sort of puts it into effect.
0: Oh, are you talking about that New York Times thing? No, I think I read this over
2: uh, at The Verge. Okay, um, but I'm looking for corroboration on 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 their impressions. But I'm you know I'm intrigued. It went from something I, that uh, on, that I, on the floor at PAX East uh, just looked repulsive and like nothing I would ever want to touch to something yeah, was, I'm, right. I'm mildly curious about.
0: I yeah, do remember so. getting a demo of it, and McMaster. I think you probably saw the same demo at, at an E3, and. Being astonished that it didn't have zombies because it is supposed (laughs) to be some kind of like post-apocalyptic thing. And Hmm. uh, but you know what? When I hear that there's a twist, that definitely makes me think. Well, I got to find out what that is. Like for no other reason than just be a part of the water cooler. Uh, Yeah,
1: that's why I was wondering if you'd like got a copy of it or whatever. And I was like, "Ah, I'm kind of curious if Tom's
0: tried that. (laughs) Yeah, let me let me give you. I want to. I want to. So just to give you an example of. Uh so this sounds cool and it does make me want to play Spec Ops the Line, but I wanna tell you guys about a twist for another game and see if it makes you want to play the game. So you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Imagine a world where uh you you're playing a shooter and it's it's like maybe rated E ten, you know. Well I guess it would have to be T because if there's if you're shooting something there it's a T rating automatically. So it's a T rated shooter. When you kill someone there's no blood, of course, it's it's obviously you know you can't have that in this game uh and furthermore like the the guys just die and then their bodies maybe because of uh the the restrictions on the the graphics budget you know you can't have bodies laying around in a shooter so when you kill somebody there's no blood because it's the rating and the bodies just vanish because you can't waste all those polygons on dead bodies is this is this conduit 2 you're building towards no it is not, but thank you that's a good guess yeah no, Okay, but what happens, here comes the twist. I'm going to give away the twist, and, and I'm going to ask you guys if it makes you want to play this game. What you find out, and, and of course you're like a government, you're like a soldier. You're a government soldier putting down the rebellion. So you're going along, you're playing this bloodless, bodiless shooter, and what you find out partway through the game is that you have been drugged. The government has been giving you this drug so that you will not be averse to combat. They've been feeding their soldiers this this stuff uh, to make combat look bloodless and to minimize the repercussions. And what happens partway through the game is you you lose your supply of the drug. And as you're going into withdrawal, you start seeing blood coming out of bodies. You start hearing men scream when you're shooting them. And it suddenly becomes this kind of grim, gory, quasi-realistic shooter where before none of that was there, and it starts gradually folding into the game. Now, Seth and McMaster, do you guys want to play this game?
2: Yes, fascinating.
0: I like Mc- it. McMaster, are you yeah. all on board? All right, yeah. so, so as soon as you guys get a chance, I want you to pick up a, a copy of Hayes for the PlayStation. I <laughs> knew it. I knew it. Have fun. Knock it. yourselves out. You guys will have a great time. I'm sure you'll love it. Hayes. So- so that was your
2: your expert argument on why we should ignore Spec Ops: The Line in, in that, the end. I,
0: I don't know about it's a you can take it Seth, as a cautionary tale. Yeah, that's good. We're yeah.
2: <laughs> kind
1: of I was, to put it. I always wanted to design a first person shooter that whenever you killed someone, it showed you their baby pictures.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just
1: like because, uh, man, you can't feel good when you're looking at somebody as a baby that you just killed.
0: Holy cow! <laughs> that's beautiful. I, I want you to get on that right now. Seriously, that is awesome, and I can't believe you just wait. Oh uh,
1: yeah, I had that idea years ago. I think it was during thirteen for some reason. I kept like when I was playing that game. Wow. Uh, all
0: right, so uh, there we go. That is our uh, podcast this week. Um, thanks everyone for uh, listening, and Seth, thank you for for joining us. It's been great to have you again. Thank
2: you. It was so nice to come on and, and not talk about baseball.
0: It was so nice to not listen to someone talk about baseball. (laughs) Uh, For folks listening, uh, come back next week. We actually have uh, a, I don't know about personal hero. You know what? Yeah, I'll say personal hero of mine. Uh, A fellow who designed a a little game called Sacrifice, who is now working at ArenaNet on Guild Wars 2. His name is Eric Flannum. uh, And I have promised to not fawn overly much about how awesome Sacrifice is, if he comes and joins us to talk a bit about Guild Wars. So uh, join us for that next week. Uh, I'm Tom Chick. I've been joined by Jason McMaster, Seth Berkowitz. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see everyone here next week. Hey-o.